Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Welcome to the campfire. I'm Tony. I'm Peggy. We are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time in a small trailer looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips, tricks, and discounts. We not only listen to our own podcast, is that cool or not? I'm not sure if that's weird, (laughs) but it is what it is, right? But we listen to several others and one of those, Jason Epperson, who was on our show last week talked about the move over laws the AAA the America you know the American Automobile Association said that there were 14 people killed so far this year uh, through August through August so now we've got another month to add to that but in in 2021 by August 14 service providers were killed on the highway from people not moving over and giving them the space they need on the side of the road to do what it is that they're doing. If you've ever been stuck on the side, especially of a high-speed road, you know, freeway, highway, whatnot, and changing a tire or fiddling around with your vehicle, man, the the vehicles that pass you just, it is crazy how fast they go, at least from that perspective. And, I mean, you would feel terrible if you hit somebody who was there helping someone change a tire or or whatnot. So the bottom line, if you see somebody pulled over on the side of the road, do your best to move over one lane and give them space. Right. And if you can't move over, at least slow down. And keep your eyes peeled for those individuals. They're really saving people at a time where you're pretty sad if you have a flat tire. Yeah. So please move over for people doing work on the side of the road. And that's you know, obviously fire, peace officers, but also tow truck drivers and and just individuals who are there changing their own tire. Right, right. Try to give those people on the side of the road a little bit of space. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine how bad somebody would feel if you hit somebody doing that good work. Or, of course, you know, the family of the peop- those 14 people who were killed. It's right, yeah. Bad deal. So that's our tip. It's a little bit of a bummer. Well, it's actually kind of a yeah, lot of a, a bummer. It's a lot of a bummer, but we, of course, follow that rule ourselves, and we've been on the road a lot. And today we're going to tell you a little bit more about what we've been doing on on and near Route 66 yeah. in Arizona. We're back! We're back. Last time we came through, as you know, we said we went way too fast. We did all of Arizona in like two days, and now we've taken about two weeks. Yeah. And so we've actually stopped and seen the things that we wanted to see. And so we wanted to just tell you about some of those right after this. Everybody seems to be talking about lithium batteries for their RVs. Of course, they charge faster, last longer, weigh less, and require zero maintenance. Plus, you don't have to replace them every few years. We love Lion Energy's safe lithium batteries, and with their limited lifetime warranty, they're the last batteries you'll have to buy for your RV. Of course, we have a discount for you on our Discounts and Deals page, and you can learn more about why lithium is the way to go. 
Okay, we are back getting our kicks again on Route 66. <laughs> last time we came this way, we wanted to go up to Oatman. Yeah, but the problem was we weren't in a location that was convenient to leave the trailer. And based on the maps I looked at, I didn't know if I wanted us to take the trailer up to Oatman. And I'm really glad we didn't. <laughs> no, that is correct. You have a larger rig like you know any vehicle towing or anything i i really wouldn't want to take that up that road so i did an article called nine things to do in oatman arizona along route 66 and that's up on our website we'll put a link to that in the show notes and just right. a reminder you find the show notes on our web page so every one of these podcast episodes it says click here for the show notes right that'll take you right to our website and yeah that's where all that is. So getting up to Oatman, <laughs> you take the Sidewinder route, part of Route 66, and a port, a, reportedly there are 191 curves and turns on that road. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine, like, in the olden days when Route 66 was the major thoroughfare, imagine, you know, semi-tractor trailers were on that road. Yikes. No yeah. wonder they, they bypassed that. Yeah. <laughs> but Oatman is a stereotype in many ways. It's an old mining town. Right. It's got wooden sidewalks. There are people there doing shootouts. If you've heard of the boroughs that just own the streets there. Yeah, basically they just wander the streets. Pretty much every store sells borough food. They really discourage carrots. I always thought it was carrots, but I don't know, maybe they make the boroughs fat or something. So every store sells bags of, it's kind of a compressed hay or something yeah whatever it is but some of them you give them this glob of hay <laughs> and they're like yeah no they throw it on the ground and grab your bag of candy <laughs> yeah so they have learned to be fairly not mean they're not mean they're very gentle creatures they're but aggressive though yeah they can be aggressive we saw them grab a few treats out of people's you know like they grab the whole bag and they're like see a sucker yeah and i heard <laughs> several times People who are local to Oatman or people who work there or whatever tell people to be really careful because when two burrows were around and somebody was trying to feed them, they could get aggressive. Now, it seemed like the day we were there, they were really well fed. Some of them weren't yeah. even that interested in the food, but apparently they can, you know, you don't want to be on the kicking end of a burrow that's looking for a fight. Yeah, stay away from the, the backside of a, of a burrow because... There's a little bit of kick power back there. Yeah, and you, you don't, don't want to get kicked. But it's true, they do wander the street. I mean, they own the town. They'll stop traffic and yep. and such. It, it's actually pretty cool. There's a mine just off the main road. And of course, like so many of these old western towns here in the west, as it were, that started life as a mining town. And they're still doing some mining there. There's a big mine there, but not quite in the town. Right, it's more of a strip mine now. So Yeah. So other things, one of the things I, I would have to say about Oatman is it's not a place to go if you're really hungry. I, I was not thrilled with the food selections well there. there was one restaurant that we didn't go into in the in the historic hotel yeah but i could smell the fry yeah grease. it was fried and then we did stop and have did we have a pretzel i think or something in the in the other bar no uh, what we had was beer oh 
We went to the bar there. We did have ice cream. We did we go to the ice cream shop ice cream. and have thrifty yeah. ice cream. And then uh, <laughs> also the other interesting thing, allegedly Clark Gable and Tara Lombard had their honeymoon there. You'll have to read the article to see if it's donkey pucky <laughs> donkey or not. Pucky. <laughs> there is a hotel room. You can go in the hotel and go up these rickety old, you know, it's a typical old west building. Go up these rickety stairs. There's a gift shop up there, and then there's a hotel room all decked out with Clark Gable and Carol Lombard pictures and yeah. other things. And it does give you an interesting perspective back to that time, what the thought of a hotel room is. I mean, it's not like nowadays. Right. They're, they're small, <laughs> and you were lucky if you had a bathroom down the hall. Yeah. So, so there's also a lot of shops, a lot of yeah. souvenirs and T-shirts and hats and... Oh my gosh, yeah. Burrow things. <laughs> yeah. We really liked the rock shop that was at one end of town. I'm I think mostly because Tony really dug those selenite lamps. I'm still kicking myself for not having bought one of those. Well, I'm almost 100% positive that we'll find one when we go to Quartzsite. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. by the way, if you're planning to be in Quartzsite this year, we'll be there the entire time for the yeah. sports vacation and RV show. And then the other shop that we really liked was a candy shop. Yeah. And they do make some of their own chocolates there. But then the other part of the store, you just pick up a bag and you fill it with all the little little candy. Root beer barrels and little Chico sticks and Boston baked beans and yeah, I think all butterscotch. To... You know, all those little penny candies. Yeah, they used to call them penny candies. And they're $1.89 a pound. And so we <laughs> filled up a bag with a couple of pounds of candy <laughs> so that we have little munchies while we're driving around. But they also had really good-looking chocolates yeah, that they, they made there. We didn't buy any because we were full of beer or something. <laughs> I don't remember why now either. But you're right. We did have that whole bag of candy. Yeah. So that was good. The other thing that's really cool is sort of in that Wild West feel, for lack of a better description, there are regular gunfights there. Right. Yeah. I don't remember what the frequency is. I think they do it twice a day. And they do a little, you know, if you've ever been in one of those towns that has a gunfight, you know, they have a little skit and they argue over something and shoot each other. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it really is. And the nice thing is they raise money for the Shriners Hospital. It's truly goofy. It's not a threatening thing. They attempt no. to rob the ATM. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to rob the <laughs> bank. But there's not really a bank. There's just an ATM. So. Yeah. But it's, it's a, lot a lot of fun. fun. Even the donkeys kind of came and I watched <laughs> the show. I think they're there for the snacks. But right. <laughs> whatever the case, the donkeys were there too. And apparently they've gotten used to the, the guns going off. So yep. there you go. So that was the first thing we did. Now, last week we already told you about what we did next. And that was the Grand Canyon Caverns. And yes. those were just fascinating. And a lovely RV park that we stayed in right there at the Grand Canyon Caverns. So we went won't beat that burrow. <laughs> you can go back and listen to our information about that that we talked about last week. From there, we moved on, and the next stop that we made was in Seligman, Arizona. Easy for you to say. <laughs> Pretty sure they pronounce sort of, it Seligman. Yeah, that's kind of the town that inspired the movie Cars. Yep. But also, there are two brothers there, the Delgadillo brothers. Angel really was sort of the inspiration to bring Route 66 back. Angel and Juan Delgadillo are brothers. 
who had two shops and really saw their business dwindle as Interstate 40 right. bypassed Seligman. Right. So Angel was a barber, and Juan had a yes. restaurant. Well, I don't think Juan is around anymore, but there's a restaurant called the Delgadillo Snowcap, and it was a drive through I think you just walk in now. I'm not sure. But anyway, we had a burger and fries and oh, it was drinks. So good. And the burger was so good. Yeah, it was really good. It's and they're fun and yeah. silly. <laughs> Super ridiculous place. There's a sign there that says, prices adjusted based on your attitude. And I said, well, how do you determine attitude? And the gentleman behind the counter, who I suspect is a relative, I'm sure, had a mustard bottle and he squeezed it. Yeah. And it has one of those yellow strings that pops out. And makes you think you're getting mustard on your shirt. And that's and how he just... determined what kind of a mood you were in. <laughs> yeah, but also it's it's funny because there's a doorknob on either side of the doors on both yes. ends of this place. And so, you know, you're like fighting the doorknob and then you're like, oh, you're on. Oh, it, those are the just, hinges side. It's just funny. <laughs> it's a good, you know, makes you smile. Yeah, and it's a fun place. We've been to also in Seligman Roadkill Cafe right. in the past. That's also good, but but the snow cap was just I don't know. It makes me smile just thinking. Yeah, about it. it was just a fun little place to have lunch, and and then we moved on and stayed in the town of Williams. And while we were in Williams, we did a couple of really fun things. Yes, we did. The first thing we did was take the Grand Canyon train up to Grand Canyon National Park. And of course, you know, in the Grand Canyon National Park is a big hole in the ground. <laughs> yeah, that's a all giant, we have to say. It's just a big old hole. It's a giant <laughs> hole in the ground. But but I loved riding up in the train. We were in a 1923 Pullman, and it's the only car on the train where you can open the windows. Right. So which, everyone else, I guess, has air conditioning, but we got to actually have the fresh air, and you couldn't take pictures easier than <laughs> trying to look through the glass. And I got to say, our car attendant, Sydney... She was Oh, she was a doll. Yeah, she was, it was her so first week cute. apparently. Yeah, she has worked on the uh, they call it the Polar Express, so they do a special Christmas train, but this was her first week being just, uh, you know, on regular train and her stories and jokes yeah, were just terrific and she was so helpful and she was fun and she made sure to stop at every seat or every family and talk to them and find out, you know, what they were into and where they were from and everything. She was she was super, super cool. I really want to shout out to Sydney. You go, girl. <laughs> and, of course, we end at the Grand Canyon. And I mean, what's there to say about the Grand Canyon? It's, it's spectacular, right? <laughs> it is spectacular. It really is. It's worth the trip, obviously. I don't. We don't need to tell you much about the Grand Canyon because you, right. everything you've heard, it definitely lives up to the reputation. Right. It's a heck of an impressive home. <laughs> <laughs> so the train goes to the Grand Canyon Village, and so we wandered around the village at the different shops and observation points, and then I took a little bit of the rim trail, and I just wanted to kind of walk around and... I don't know, look for different points of view. And the trail was pretty empty. There was a couple coming back toward the village, and there was one man a little bit ahead of me, and I heard the couple say to him, something and something and a baby. And I thought, oh, I wonder what kind of a baby we'll see. So I kind of stayed behind him, and he stopped, and he was looking, and I said, okay, there's the baby. And it was elk. And it wasn't a baby. I think it was a female. But we saw the female and we were whispering to each other, oh my gosh, 
it's so big and beautiful and majestic. And we were taking pictures through the trees and we were whispering and being really quiet. And then out of the corner of my eye, I saw something move and I looked over and I looked at him and I said, that is the baby. Which again, I don't think it was the baby, but whatever. I said, I just saw gigantic antlers over here. And so we waited and watched and we, oh, what an amazing experience. I took so many pictures. The elk, the both of them were not that far off the trail and they were just grazing and, you know, minding their own business as were we, except that we had cameras. Uh. <laughs> the two of us just were in awe and just snapping pictures and, and really enjoying it. And then the path suddenly got kind of crowded and there were a lot of people and there were some, mm, I, I, no, I shouldn't say bad things about people. There were some people who decided it would be a good idea to go off the trail and let, and sit on a stump and take closer pictures with the elk. Yeah. Remember folks, <sighs> these are wild animals. They're not, <laughs> but Peggy did with her zoom get a spectacular picture which you'll see i got some super great pictures and that was just that was i mean as beautiful and amazing and fantastic as the grand canyon is yeah. having that moment with those elk is gonna always be with me she just was over the moon i with, was uh, it was so great elk. it was pretty impressive but again the whole grand canyon there's a lot to see there and it's worth the train ride i like the train because you don't have to worry about parking. You get the train ride. But, you know, it's two hours. What is two and a half hours? It's about two two hours and 15 minutes each way. And then you get to be at the Grand Canyon for about three hours. So if you are a hiker and you wanted to spend more time on one of the trails, you'd be limited to making sure you got back in time for the train. Because otherwise, basically, your options are get a hotel room if there is one for like $400 a night. <laughs> Or call the one taxi, which is going to uh, cost you four hundred dollars to yeah, get back you, to Williams. The, the train leaves when the train leaves. Yeah. And if you're not on it, it still leaves. Yeah. So there yeah. you go. Don't miss the train. By the way, while we were here, we stayed at the. There's two KOAs right. in this little town. There's a journey and a holiday. I think. I think so. Yeah. And the one closer, more in town is the holiday but we stayed at the one that's the journey and it's part way up the highway that leads to the entrance to the grand canyon so much less expensive than yes. the, the holiday one that's right in town except that we were out of town and so of course wi-fi was a problem oh yes it was the the koa's wi-fi stunk and I could, neither of us, we have both Verizon and AT&T, neither of us could get... Yeah, it was really hard to get any kind of signal, but they did have a hot tub, so... Yeah, we went and sat in that every night we were there, so yeah. that's our thing, the hot tub. But I also do appreciate being able to connect with you all on the old interwebs. Right, so we sat for a while in a McDonald's yeah. to get that Yeah, done. we went and bought drinks at McDonald's and sat there and uploaded some articles, so... So the other awesome thing that we did in Williams, Arizona, and I had never heard of this, and I thought, oh, we'll just go spend an hour here. It's not going to be that big of a deal. It's a place called Arizona. Yeah, like bear as in a bear. As in a bear. And it's 160 acres, and they have a lot of rescued and rehabilitated animals, 
there's a section that you can drive and you can drive around this I think it's a mile and a half loop as many times as you want I guess until they close Yeah, I think we drove around it like four or five times and then there's another portion where when you get to kind of the end of the loop you can park and you can go in what's effectively kind of a zoo you know there's enclosures with different animals and I it's not necessarily that it's the smaller animals because there were grizzly cubs and a yeah. jaguar and a panther and elk were in that porcupine and porcupine they do a show in the afternoon they do kind of a little demonstration and it's just right out on the lawn and these animals that they demonstrate are accustomed to being around the crowds so they yeah they had a porcupine and a skunk and they had a few different birds they had vultures they had vultures and they had two birds from africa whose names i can't i can't remember, remember either but, but they, they were, were so wonderful yeah, they were fascinating birds but the drive-through where the animals are was absolutely the highlight i mean we just we loved it. There are wolves and bear and elk and uh, bighorn sheep and bison and all kinds of stuff. But you're in your car driving around through this. And, I mean, you could, if you wanted to make a really bad decision, open your window and almost touch the bear. Yeah, you but there are people watching. Yeah, there are they people tell watching. you in the beginning... When you get to the bear sections and the wolf sections, you have to keep your windows up. And there are little buildings where people are inside. <laughs> and if they catch you with a window down, they go on a loudspeaker. Don't forget to leave your windows up. Yeah. But, I mean, you are so close to these bear and these wolves and all these creatures that it's amazing. I mean, I have never been that close to a bear before. Well, actually... That's not true. When I was a kid, I was that close to a bear. Oh, my. But not intentionally. It was dark. Anyway, it's a long story. <laughs> but, man, this thing, it's so fascinating to... And the bear enclosure, there's like a younger bear enclosure or like area and a older, you know, yeah. fully grown bear area. And the the bear are just everywhere. They are. And in Swimming the, and in the junior trees. bear area, one of the times that we went through in the afternoon, one of the junior bears had climbed up a tree and was like taking a nap up yeah. in a tree. That yeah. was fascinating. <laughs> Everybody was just kind of stopped on the road like, oh my gosh, look at that bear in the yeah, tree. It had to have been like 20 feet in the air. He's yeah. just like literally perched up there with, you know, like using branches and such to, to kind of just crash out and Take sleep a up a tree. So when we were walking around in the inner, in the walking part, we saw an area and we were trying to decide, are they filming a movie or what is the big deal? So there was like a shipping container and a bus and they were all crumpled up. And and the next time we drove around <laughs> through the drive-thru <laughs> part, there's a man at the very end. And, you know, if you want to ask any questions, and we said, what's up with that bus and container? Are you filming a movie like a Jurassic Park movie or something? And he said, no, those are actually crushed vehicles. You know, there have been in accidents or something. And they are the skeleton, if you will, of the structures in these enclosures. So they'll stack a couple of buses or whatever, and then they'll cover them with sheet metal, and then they'll start... Adobe 
or whatever yeah, on the to top make it look of them. Like what these animals are used to. One of their missions is to help recycle big amounts of scrap metal, and that's what they do with it. They use it to create these structures for the animals. So, you know, so the bears have dens to hide in, and the bighorn sheep have mountains to climb. And they do. And so all these fake mountains are all, they all have these, <laughs> they all have these buses inside. Well, you wouldn't know it. I mean, it looks like yeah, you know, no, a absolutely. or whatever. Yeah. But I, I can't say enough how much we enjoyed. Arizona was just a huge highlight. I'm glad we got there kind of early in the day. Yeah. Because we literally stayed till closing. Yeah, I said, oh, I, it probably won't take us an hour. And we were there for over four hours. It was so yeah, fascinating. Yeah, it was really terrific. I mean, like I, like I said, seeing the animals that close as you're sitting in your vehicle, it's it's really impressive. When I was a kid, there was a place called Lion Country Safari. Right, right, and in that, Southern California. that's what this reminds me of, except no lions. <laughs> they have bears instead. Or does it have to be called lion? Well, if you want to see lions, you can go to... You can go to Keepers of the Wild. Yeah, which yeah. we went to last time. So. Although they did have a panther and a jaguar. That's so true. They didn't have lions and tigers, but they had a couple big cats. I saw a bobcat, too. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's a bad joke. That's one of the jokes that they told on the train to the Grand Canyon. Sydney yes, said, oh, look, there's a white bobcat in a cage. And we passed by, and there was, you know, a skid steer. It was funny. I thought it was funny. <laughs> I like those dad jokes a lot, as you know. As did Sydney. <laughs> yes, she did. The last thing is something that... Oh, no, not the last thing. Not the last thing. I did not go to the meteor crater, but Peggy did. Yeah, so we drove up to, drove to where the meteor crater is. It's about six miles off of... Route 66, and it's the Meteor Crater and Behringer Space Museum. Essentially, what I learned is for a long, long time, people didn't know that craters had two sources. Like, basically, if they saw a crater, everyone just assumed it was a volcanic crater. And a man named Behringer just wasn't going for it. And he did a lot of work, and he eventually was able to prove that Meteor Crater was a meteor impact site. And... After that, and when scientists began understanding what to look for, they have now discovered that there are 190 big, kind of big meteor craters all over the Earth. And, you know, those are located, of course, on land. Who knows if there's something in the ocean? There must be. Talk about making a splash. <laughs> but I don't know how they get, you know, all the way down to the deep ocean and then deeper to find out if there's a crater somewhere. But anyway, so the meteor crater hit about, the meteor crater was formed about 50,000 years ago by a meteor that was about 150 feet in diameter and going 26,000 miles per hour. And yeah. it created, within 10 seconds of impact, a hole that's almost a mile in diameter and about 700 feet deep. One of Behringer's thoughts was well then that meteor must be under the bottom of the hole and so he did a lot of exploration but they never did find a meteor because what they've determined now is that that meteor basically melted vaporized or melted on impact so there are little itty bitty pieces of meteor scattered around but 
There's not a big meteor left to be found in that place. And that one was 150 feet in diameter. I read that there are craters that were caused by meteors that were up to 32 miles in diameter. Jeez, so we talk yeah. about making a mint, making a, I could say it, dug on it, making an impact. <laughs> yeah. Ebbity, ebbity. Some are as old as 10 million years. Wow. The two, I think, that are kind of famous or whatever, well, so Meteor Crater in Arizona is famous because it was the first one to be proven to be a meteor, and that's how we learned to identify meteor craters. But there were two that caused mass extinctions, which a lot of people know about, and those are the Chicxulub and the Popagai, I know. <laughs> and those both caused mass extinctions because basically they caused such an impact and they put so much, you know, dust in the air and it kind of changed the whole atmosphere and changed the climate and caused mass extinctions. So meteor craters are pretty cool and exciting. The one in Arizona, Meteor Crater, is also the Behringer Space Museum, and the Apollo 13 space capsule is there. And astronauts actually train in that crater because it closely resembles what the moon looks like. So they do some training while they're actually in the crater. Hmm. And then one other really fun part about the whole experience was there's a 4D theater. So it's 3D movie, plus the seats kind of move around and stuff. It's piloted by the commander and then First Officer Jackie Lopez, who's a cartoon. <laughs> so it's like a man and a cartoon. And the cartoon Jackie Lopez is actually a jackalope. Jackie Lope get yes. it <laughs> it took me a long time to get that <laughs> <laughs> and you'd think being around me you'd have plenty of training for puns right and, and i actually didn't notice that jackie lopez was a jackalope until i noticed the bobblehead jackalope on her control panel <laughs> and then i then i looked at her closely and realized she was a jackalope speaking of meteor uh -oh. We did have a really nice steak when we were in Holbrook. That's right. So we are experiencing our first hip camp. Yes. I couldn't find a boondockers welcome or a harvest host site, and I felt like it was time to boondock for a couple days. So I went and checked out hip camp. Turns out to be very easy to figure this out. And so we are staying at a hip camp site in Holbrook which is just a lovely brother, brother and sister and property. The brother works at the local steakhouse. So we went to visit him at the steakhouse and had a delicious steak. Yeah, it was, that was a fantastic steak, yes. I thought. I thought it was perfectly prepared. And now I can't remember the name of the place, but it'll be in the show notes. It is, yeah, it's the Butterf Butterfield Stage Butterfield, because yeah. it's the stagecoach. It's That's named right. after the stagecoach. See, when it's not in the... I threw Peggy because it's not in our notes. <laughs> we have notes that we try to follow so we don't forget things to share with you all. Right, but if you forget to write it down, it's hard to remember well, to say Well, when you it. said meteor, all I could think of is those stakes are meteor. meteor. <laughs> I, I just couldn't let that pun slide by. And then kind of our last stop in Arizona was the Petrified Forest National Park. Yes, that is... More interesting than I realized it yeah. would be. I just thought it's a forest of petrified trees. Yeah. But there's, it's a lot more than that. And my big question was, who scared them? <laughs> the ranger, I think, gave you an, an answer, He did. Right? It was funny. It was... Something uh, like... A Scarasaurus. Scarasaurus, yeah. Scarasaurus. <laughs> but that's not... 
how petrified trees become petrified. Right, of course. So petrified rock, if you aren't aware, is usually a tree or something that has fallen. And in petrified forests, there's a lot of those trees. And then over time, water goes into the crevices and the pores in the in the wood and basically replaces it with the minerals that are in the water. The water evaporates and so basically the tree, it's like a negative of the tree because all the pore spaces now are minerals like silica and other minerals and they make a new log in the places that were holes in the wood <laughs> or pores in the wood. If you don't know, Peggy is a geologist. I always thought it was just like the wood got like super hard, but apparently not. It's, nope. I learned something. Yeah. So we drove through and we stopped at the overlooks and stopped at the different places. And there's also a lot of Native American history there. Yeah, and that is the part that really floated my boat. Apparently, people have been in this area for 13,000 years, according to the National Park Service. And there are remains of the community dwellings that were there, which were really fascinating to me. It was like an apartment complex. Yeah. I mean, but the interesting thing is a lot of these houses, they got into them through a hole in the roof. Right. And there's a ladder. So they're on the roof. There's a ladder that goes down and then... When they didn't want folks over, they would just take the ladder down. But it was also how they collected water, apparently, and where smoke went up for heat in these places. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty neat. But even neater are the petroglyphs. Yes. You know, hundreds of years ago, there were people there basically scratching in the rocks. There's like a darker layer that develops on the rocks And they could scratch it off and get to a lighter layer. And there's all kinds of illustrations that were scratched into the rocks that are still there. Mm -hmm. Seeing that just gives you a a perspective of, you know, these people were there many, many hundreds of years ago, living and making a, a life there in the desert. And doing this incredible art on the rocks, which, of course, was for communication, and it's still there. Yep. So it's it's pretty cool. They call it the Painted Desert, but not because of that, believe it or not. No, because of the rock layers and rock formations. In the northern part of the park, everything is, like, pink and orange and red and those kind of tones of color, and then as you drive south, it's about a 29-mile drive if you just take the from one entrance to the other. And in the southern part is more blues and purples, and the rock changes significantly. And so that was also really interesting just to see the change in geological features. Yeah, yeah. And, and here's the trippy thing. Apparently this used to be, like, tropical. Sure, yeah. I just, I don't know, it just trips me <laughs> out. Because, you know, the desert you think of as, like, dry and barren. And imagine, you know, I, I don't know why, but all I could think of is, I wonder if they could have grown coffee there. I, I don't know why that kept running <laughs> you, through my so brain. You were sleepy. <laughs> I, yeah, I was craving some, a little bit of java jive right then. So, anyway, those are all really fun things to do near Williams yeah. and Holbrook. and We feel a lot more like we've 
like we've really taken advantage of, of what Route 66 has to offer. One of the nice things is all of these places are very much RV friendly or within sure. very short distance from places to stay. Uh, so it it's just, uh, you know, bringing your RV or we saw people tent camping. It's very friendly. We are here in Octo early October and my gosh, the weather could not be better. Oh, it's been so beautiful. I mean, it's just, it's fantastic. Yeah. So we just are, are loving it here. Uh, we also, we, you know, we're, we're rather chatty. <laughs> and we chatted up uh, a couple from New Jersey. That's right. Who just bought a new travel trailer and are here. And one of their tips was, it was brilliant. They just take pictures like mad. And then they look at their photos, or like that's their evening entertainment is looking right. at the day's photos, which sounds they, so great. They call it movie night, and they yeah. just look at all the pictures that they took. And I think that's good because sometimes we look at pictures from three months ago, and we're like, oh, we really should have tagged faces or, you know, made notes about these. And you can do that in iPhoto, but you have to, you know, if you wait until it's three months of travel... Whew, that's a heck of a lot of pictures to try yeah. and organize and tag and well, plus title. it's just fun. You kind of relive right. the day, yeah. And, yeah. And also, that's our our little tip from our friends now in New Jersey or from New Jersey. Take pictures like mad. The nice thing, of course, as you well all know, with digital photography, is you can delete the pictures that you don't like and right. title and caption and it just it it's fun and it does bring the day back alive again. Yeah, and every once in a while, there's something that Tony caught a picture of, and I don't even remember seeing it, or it was like it was wise. just a <laughs> little bit of a different perspective, and so he, you know, one of us will catch a little something that the other one didn't see, and if we, again, if you wait three months, like, what is this a picture of? Gosh, I don't know, but if you do it that night, like, oh, I, that's because in the corner right there is a lizard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that, there's your tip. I, I think it's a brilliant tip. Yeah. Well, another brilliant tip is coming up from RV Trip Wizard. It would keep us off that road up to to oatman, oatman. <laughs> that's right uh, so we'll hear from them and be right back because i have a nifty gadget remember that time we followed our gps and ended up at the top of a cliff overlooking the campground yeah, I had to back the trailer down a mountain road. Remember the time we went on that twisty, windy road and hit our awning on a tree? Yeah, I do. But now those kinds of things aren't going to happen anymore, thanks to RV Trip Wizard. Right. RV Trip Wizard lets you plan your journeys before you go, and then use their app on your phone or tablet to safely navigate that journey. You can set parameters such as how far you want to travel in a day, how many miles you can go between fuel stops, and even read reviews of the campgrounds and places you want to go to. It all takes into account the size of your RV and more. Then you can rest assured that your phone isn't going to lead you into trouble. If you have an RV, you need RV Trip Wizard. Check it out on your discounts and deals page on StresslessCamping.com where you can also listen to our interview with RV Trip Wizard and learn about the whole RV life suite. Now, now that's Stressless, stressless camping. camping. Oh, So you want to tell us about your new gadget? Oh, boy, do I ever. 
I got from Rad Power Bikes a Rad Mini Step Through 2 Power Bike to write a review of, which we'll put a link to in the show notes, of course. You know, I've always seen these Power Bikes, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. And my impression of them was... It's like a little electric motorcycle, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you sit on it, you twist the throttle and go. And yes, it does that. Sure. But the other thing it can do is it can be just a regular bicycle. You can not have any electric assist whatsoever. Or it has five different levels of assist available. So you can be pedaling along and it kind of helps a wee bit or a little bit more, or a little bit more. And all of this is adjustable right on the fly, super easy. There's a great little control panel right there within thumb reach. Yeah. So I rode it all over several of the RV parks, up hills, off road, in <laughs> washes, on roads. Had a blast with this Rad Power Bike. It folds in half. Right. And it, we, we got a plastic tub that it fits in in the back of the pickup truck. It just fits in there, easy breezy. You can take off the battery. It's a 48 volt battery that powers a 750 watt electric motor in the rear hub of the bike. So it just scoots. Yeah, so the battery's kind of like, sort of, sort of, kind of the size of a loaf of bread, although very, very heavy bread. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's a lithium battery. And And what we found was it was a lot easier to lift the bike into the truck when we took the battery off so we've gotten in the habit of taking the battery off and that makes it just that much lighter so that it's easier to lift into the bed of the truck one of the things i will say about the bike is i was extremely impressed with the quality of all the components Mm -hmm. it just it came i would say mostly assembled and i will put a video in the show notes also that i did about the bike but assembling it was really easy. We never read the instructions, not too surprising for men. <laughs> but we assembled it and zipped around on it. We, of course, not being Tony and I, but right, Tony sorry. and our nephew Dalton. Yeah, who has built motorcycles. So he's, he's good at that kind of thing. We got a basket for the front of it. And so you can haul, you can go to the grocery store or whatnot. The other nice thing is it's very adjustable. So seat height, handlebar height, the whole thing is is very adjustable to me. And again, I, I can't stress, I'm, I'm really impressed with the quality of this thing. As we record this, I think they're on sale for like 1300 bucks or something. I believe when we get back and we have a reliable place to have things shipped to we may buy we may buy one for peggy yeah i think because now i'm very jealous that he yeah well i'm either jealous or i'm just waiting in line because only one of us can ride a power bike at one time at this moment and most of the riding so far has been testing it out yeah for example tomorrow we are headed to balloon fiesta yes in albuquerque and I've been told the easiest way to get around is by bicycle. Well, you know I'm yep. going to be jetting around <laughs> on my rad power bike. So I can't say enough about it. It's well made. It's a lot of fun to ride. One of the things that I thought of is this is a great tool for 
people kind of getting back into bicycling maybe because you can pedal 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 as far as you think you can go mm-hmm. and then buzz back to your home base all electric or with some assist right it's a great way to, to kind of re-engage your love of bicycling if if you haven't been on one in a while or just it's solid enough and it's a fat tire bike you can go off-roading with it, which I did, mm-hmm. and it was really stable. It was not squirrely at any point, even though I was on rocks and washes and all of that stuff. There's a display on it that shows how fast you're going, how much charge you have, how many watts you're using in the motor, and, and, and a number of other things. It has a really bright headlight, a flashing tail light, and then a, a brake light like a car. So when you <laughs> apply the disc brakes, it's got fancy disc brakes. Uh, the red light in the back comes on to let people know you're stopping. So probably one of my favorite gadgets, definitely something good for RVers because of the way this thing folds so small. Yeah. My advice on the review that I wrote was go get you one <laughs> because they're, they're awesome. Excellent. Yeah. One of my favorite gadgets ever. Great. Last week we had a question of the week as we always do. And last week, we wanted to know what your longest road trip had been and if you had any epic stories. (laughs) So, of course, our longest road trip was earlier this summer, and we did the Route 66 trip. But we not only went from Santa Monica to Chicago, but then we kept going east, and we went to Indiana, and we went to Michigan, and then we meandered our way home through Colorado and Wyoming and South Dakota. (laughs) And so that was, of course, our longest trip. And you can read all about that on our website. Yeah, a lot of you followed along. Right. And and thank you. When we asked the question in the Stressless Camping Podcast Facebook group, we got a few answers. And Connie Connie said that her longest trip was Texas to Yellowstone with a 10-month-old son who wouldn't stop crying unless they were playing the Dixie Chicks album on repeat. Oh, dear. So, <laughs> from from Texas to Yellowstone, they got Dixie Chicks all the way. Cindy said that in the 70s, her family camped in a pop-up from South Carolina to California and back in a month. And her one of her stories is that her mom let the younger brother go off and play with another boy from camp. And they got lost when they climbed a mountain to see some fireworks. And it was six hours later before they were rescued by a helicopter because they were a mile down the creek bed from their campground. Oh, man. So as Cindy points out, it could have ended very, very badly, but it turned out okay. And she had never been so scared in her life. (laughs) Although younger brother, maybe there was some like (laughs) something you don't want to admit. (laughs) And then Rick said that he has been to Chicago to the Bay Area and back to Chicago and back to the Bay Area again. (laughs) And each time took a different route. And one of those trips was in 1978. And so a friend put a CB radio in his car for the trip. He said it was fun. And there are other stories. But, and I know Rick and probably we we don't want to know many of those other, probably those other stories don't belong in a public forum. (laughs) So this week, I was really curious about mattresses. Yeah. In your RV, 
For the most part, I would say mattresses that come with RVs almost universally are terrible. And ours is kind of like a rock. Yeah, that's a so good description. So we got a mattress topper. And so I was just curious. And, and some people really like a very, very firm mattress. So your mattress in your RV, do you love it? Did you replace it? Did you add a topper? Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. Okay, and I'm going to ask a bit more on okay. this, which isn't in the uh, what we're going to do. But would you be cool with the RV not coming with any mattress whatsoever so you could just buy what you want? Interesting question. Yeah. Yeah. And that will be in our question of the week over on the Stressless Camping Podcast Facebook group. Yay, so, one take. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> on our website, there is a link to both our Facebook page and our Facebook group. And speaking of our website, did you know we did a once a week newsletter? And you know what it costs to get it? It costs nothing at all. It's free. So if you go to the website, you can go to the bottom of any page. Or if it's your first time on the website, why? Oh, I mean, uh, <laughs> there will be a pop-up one time that asks if you want to sign up for the newsletter. We do a once-a-week newsletter. We don't sell your information. We don't give your information away. We just use it to send you this once-a-week newsletter. And we not only talk about the things that we've discussed in our podcast, but we also look for news out there in the RV world, and we share that with you. Absolutely. So comes right to your email box. And of course, we are in all the social places, but you can start at StresslessCamping.com. And from there, jump off to all of those places where you enjoy being. Don't forget our discounts and deals are there, too, for the best deals on things you'll need on your stressless camping adventure. And if you know of a great deal that you think that our audience would enjoy, please let us know, and we will work on that. Absolutely. And, of course, if you don't want to miss a future episode of the Stressless Camping Podcast, you can catch it wherever you enjoy getting podcasts or on our website. We're saving you a seat around our virtual campfire. And one more thing. As we always do, we're going to ask if you would take a moment to write us a review, especially in Apple Podcasts. That's where Apple looks to see if people are listening. And if they're listening, then Apple helps share the podcast with other listeners. And the more listeners we get, the easier it is to get terrific guests like we've had in the past and who we have coming up in the future. We really, really appreciate when you do that. Thank you very much for joining us on this uh, trip through arizona in october we really appreciate your being with us and most of all happy camping we hope you learned a lot had some fun and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure we're honored by your reviews on apple podcasts which helps others find us too don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure and we look forward to your joining us next week until then happy camping Especially in Apple, especially in Apple.